Now, on to the lesson for today. So we're starting a new series on Sundays today. We're going to be doing this series for the next three Sundays. But this is a series that's going to keep popping up periodically in youth group on Sundays and on Wednesdays because there's something really important about the Christian life that I want you guys to be learning about. We're starting a series on praying the Psalms. And when we're talking about praying, one of the things is that prayer is kind of like a sport where if you go to all these seminars and you go to all these classes and you keep having people talk to you about, hey, this is how you play basketball. These are the rules of basketball. This is the strategies. These are the plays. And you're in these things all the time. And you spend five years every single week listening to a really good coach explain to you all of the rules and strategies of the game of basketball, but you never actually practice or play a game. Do you know how to play basketball? It's a fat no. And the issue is that prayer is exactly the same. You're going to hear a lot of lessons throughout your life on prayer. You're going to hear a lot of people talk to you about prayer. People who maybe they themselves pray a lot and they have a lot of good things to say. But if you yourself are not praying, then what I'm giving you isn't going to help. So my goal for you guys is I want to help you to actually start praying. So I'm going to talk to you a bit about prayer, but then we're going to spend time for the rest of the time that we have together today actually praying. We're going to do that again the next time we meet and again the next time we meet and periodically after that. So when we're talking about prayer, um, one of the things that's really important to think about, Matthew 6, 7, Jesus says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. So the issue is a lot of times, people say prayers, but they don't actually pray to God. Does that make sense? It's like the difference between talking to an empty car or talking to your friend in the car. And it's the exact same thing in prayer. In prayer, I'm not trying to get you guys to get into the habit of being on your knees and then saying spiritual words into the empty air. I'm trying to get you to a point where you're praying and you're actually talking to God. Right now, I'm planning out my lessons for the next year. And as I was doing that, I texted a friend of mine, someone that I respect quite a bit, and I asked her, what is the thing that you wish you had learned when you were um, in junior high and high school? And she said, I wish that I had learned more about how to actually do life with God. And she said, I'm still unlearning. I'm still learning to undo years of of defining spirituality as Bible reading and prayer, and instead to teach myself to start seeing life as worship. Where if you guys are listening to these lessons and every week or twice a week, you're hearing someone talk about, hey, this is how you go about the Christian life. This is what the Bible says about these things. This is what prayer is. And that's all you have. And you're not spending time in your own life actually reading your own Bible. You're not spending time in your own life actually praying. Like the thing that turns this away from a bunch of instructions and into a relationship with God is time spent doing it. Or when you're actually talking to God and you're learning how to actually talk to God, that's going to change the way that you view prayer far more than me saying it's not just about saying words, it's about a relationship. Like you need to actually do it. But when you're looking at the Bible, there's a few places that help you learn how to pray. You guys know the Lord's Prayer, right? Does anyone happen to have it memorized? Of course we do. But it's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or I think some translations say from evil. But Jesus tells his disciples, pray that in this way. And it's not to say that you need to, you know, as he says a few verses before, heap up empty words like the pagans. 
This isn't some magic spell that you say and then like good things happen. But this is a template. There are times where I feel like if I need to pray, but I don't actually know what I want to pray for, I'll think through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'll think about, okay, well, what are the things that I'm appreciative to God for doing? What are ways that he's blessed me in my life? What are ways that I just want to say thank you for who he is? And I'll talk to God about that. Well, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I'll think about, well, what are the areas in my life where I know what God's will is? Are there people in my life that God wants me to share the gospel with? Are there people in my life that maybe I need to forgive? Are there people in my life that I'm trying to encourage? What are the things that I know are God's will? And in the areas where I don't know what God's will is, I pray that he can give me wisdom. I'll talk to God about that. Well, okay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, in as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, what are the things I need right now? What are the actual needs I have? You know, maybe my car's breaking down and it's kind of old and I'm trying to save up money to be able to deal with that. Maybe it's just literally looking for a job, especially when I was job searching. I prayed a lot about that. It's like God takes care of your needs. Pray for your needs. Talk to him about what you need. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. Is there sin in my life that I need to pray about that I need to repent for? And I'll go through, I'll think about it, I'll pray about that. And you kind of go through the Lord's Prayer and it's a template. But the issue is this, the Lord's Prayer is not the only place in the Bible where we are given examples of how to pray. Have any of you guys read the book of Psalms? I see some nodding heads, yeah. Like the whole book? The whole book, yeah. Oh. Not yet, we're still working through it. So when I was in high school, there was something that occurred to me about the book of Psalms. The majority of the book of Psalms, of the Psalms in the book of Psalms, are people talking to God. Do you know what that makes them? Any guesses? If the majority of the Psalms in the book of Psalms are people talking to God, what does that make those Psalms? It starts with a P. Prayers. Makes them prayers. Yeah. So I have this entire book of 150 Psalms, many of which are people in the Holy Spirit praying. And I get to learn, it's like, oh, okay, well, how do I pray? So when I was a junior in high school or a senior in high school, one of the two, I read the entire book of Psalms specifically to learn how to pray. And I was reading these prayers and I was thinking, what are, what are the things that stand out to me that I wouldn't have expected someone to pray to God for, but the Spirit inspired this, so I know this is the right thing. Additionally, it gives me more templates. Where if you read through the book of Psalms, it's not like every single psalm can get divided into our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Like if you take all of the, all the prayers in the book of Psalms, very few of them are going to match up to that template. But you'll see that some psalms spend a lot of time on hallowed be your name. Other psalms spend a lot of time on give us this day our daily bread or deliver me from the evil one. Or... They don't touch any of that stuff, at least not directly. And so you're able to see, well, what does it mean to actually pray this out? So what we're going to do is over the next three Sundays and then randomly after that is we're going to go through Psalms and I'm going to talk to you about praying through Psalms and then we're going to break off individually and I'm going to have you pray through on your own the individual pieces of Psalms so that you have a bit more of an easy way of when you're at home after this, we've done it before. You've prayed through Psalms before. So when you're on your own, you can pick up a Psalm, pray through it. And I want to do everything I can to give you guys the opportunity and the information you need to leave youth group and then start working on your spirituality on your own. Because where that true transformation is gonna happen is not sitting in here at youth group doing the activities that I give you. 
The true change is going to happen as you live life with God and as you're talking to God. And so I need to help you get there. And that's what this is about. So I want you to open up to Psalm 5. This is going to be our kickoff into the series. This is going to be a really unsurprising, uh, you know, topic of prayer. This is going to be like the really, really basic Christianese kind of prayer. It's like, oh, what are some things you should pray for? You should pray for righteousness. You should pray that you should be a more holy person. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty basic one. Well, that's where we're starting. That's what Psalm 5 is about. So, Psalm 5 is uh, a psalm of David, and he's talking to God. And the little title that's been given this psalm in those italics before the psalm um, is Lead Me in Your Righteousness. And most translations will label it like that. And that's not inspired, but that's a lot of people look at this and like, oh yeah, it's a prayer about righteousness. So that's one of the things. If you're a Christian, you should pray for righteousness. That's a big deal. And I'm just going to read through the entire psalm real quick, and then we're going to go through the sections, and we're going to break off and start praying about them. But it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. By the way, does God hate people? Does God hate people? Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. We just read a verse that says, you hate all evildoers. So does God hate people? According to the Psalms, yes. And that's not the only place that talks about this. So that's a little bit weird. That's kind of uncomfortable. We talk about God being love and God loving all people. That's, that's true. But also, how can God hate people? That's one of the th- cool things about the Psalms, by the way, is it forces you to wrestle with some things like that that most people in the church won't talk about. I'm going to leave that alone, though. We don't have time to go into that. Um, you hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice, and let them ever sing for joy, and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. So that's the entire psalm. I'm going to go back over some of the individual parts. And then as I do, I'm going to talk to you about it briefly. And then we're going to break off for about five minutes. Each of you is going to pray. And then we're going to come back. And then we're going to go to the next section. Break off for five minutes. Each of us is going to pray. We're going to come back. And we're going to do that four times. So first one. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. This is the first section we're going to pray through. And when you're praying through Psalms, 
it doesn't mean you quote the psalm into the air. It means that you make these words your own. If you don't necessarily know what to pray for, you think about the fact, well, what are they praying for? Well, he's praying, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Think about the groaning, man. There's a lot of different reasons that he might be groaning. Maybe he's groaning because he's sick. There's some sort of situation in his life that's bearing down on him. Maybe, more likely in this context, he's groaning because of his sin. In the Beatitudes, we talked about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What are they mourning over? Their sin. We're sinful people. So this psalmist is looking at his sin. He's looking at the things in his life and he's saying, those are causing me turmoil. God, I'm going to talk to you about that. So for you, praying in this psalm might look like, what are the things causing me to groan? What are the sins in my life that I just can't get over? The things that are damaging me, that I feel the consequences of, that I feel the weight of. And then you're going to pray to that with God. Okay, give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I pray. We talked earlier, there's a difference between praying words into a room and talking to God. Praying this psalm might look like, God, help me to actually feel you as I'm talking to you. To actually learn how to talk to you like I'd talk to a person instead of into an empty room. That's valuable. Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Think about this. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus prayed on a regular basis. And he says, each day, just pray for that day's bread. And there's this little assumption in that, that you're going to be praying tomorrow too. You're not praying for tomorrow's bread because you're going to pray for tomorrow's bread tomorrow. (laughs) Think about the consistency here. In the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Pray for consistency. And these are only a few things that you could be getting out of those verses. That's one of the cool things about Psalm. They're poetry. They're deep. So I want you guys to break off. Well, ideally we'd have a larger room, but today we're just going to do it in here. So each of us go to a different corner. And for five minutes, I want you to look at this. Your handout has the verses. Your handout has some prayer prompts kind of things. And has a place for notes if you have any. But go for five minutes and pray. Section numero dos. Psalm 5, 4 to 7. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Think about that. You're getting a little bit of hallowed be your name in that one. He's talking about God's characteristics, how God's holy, how God doesn't like sin. You know, maybe for that you're going to pray about, oh God, thank you for your holiness. Thank you for the fact that you are a good God, right? The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Think about God's justice. Eventually, God does punish sin. That's not a terrible thing. That's actually a really good thing. All the time we look at the world and we see all the brokenness in the world and we wish that there was justice, and one day justice is coming. God's just waiting out of mercy, right? But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. And now here's something that I want you guys to consider. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lives. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Would you like to know what percentage of people those sentences will describe at some point in their life? 100. I've lied. I've been violent. I've done evil. I've boasted. I've done all those things. And something that's valuable to consider is we are sinners. 
And so when David says, this is how you feel about sinners, but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. What did God do to let a bunch of sinful, wicked people be forgiven and be his worshipers? What did God do that allowed that to happen? What gives you, what makes it so that you can go to heaven? Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Yeah. God had to arrange for salvation. God had to provide forgiveness at enormous cost to himself. So one of the things to think about is, God, thank you for forgiving me. If you're not a Christian, maybe a good thing to pray in this section is, God, save me. And if you are a Christian, this is a great time to say thank you. To think about the fact of what you were and what God made you into. And then praying for him to continue that process. Sounds pretty simple, right? So let's break off again. We'll do four minutes this time, and then we'll come back. So break off, pray that section, and then we'll come right back. And now we're getting into like kind of the core. Like this is kind of the core, this third one of the psalm. He says in verse 8, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. By the way, that's quoted in Romans 3. You might know where this is quoted in Romans 3 a lot better than you know this psalm but it's talking about the wickedness of people, right? Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. So there are two things to think about with that. First one, this is again talking about God's justice. Like it's a little bit weird to see a section of the Psalms where it's like, make them bear their guilt. We're supposed to pray that for people? Cast them out because of their transgressions. We're supposed to pray that for people? But think about this. Imagine that you're in, living in the 1940s. Would it be a sinful thing to pray that God would help the Allied forces kill and conquer the Nazis? No. In fact, that's a really good thing to pray for, to pray for God's justice in the world, to pray that things that are wrong and happening in the world would be made right, and that sometimes that includes the punishment of the people doing them. It's not wrong to pray for justice. And maybe you're also praying, hey, God, also, if instead you'd like to save Hitler so that he stops doing these things instead of putting a bullet in his head, that'd also be cool. Like, it's not, also, it's not saying that you've got to pray for this and not pray for people's salvation, but it's not wrong to pray for God's justice. It's not pr- wrong to pray for things to get me ru- words to pray for things to be made right. So there's a prayer for God's justice, but also think about this. We already said that we got saved out of this sinful group. All of us started as these sinful, broken people. And then he starts talking about how their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. There's no truth in their mouth. This Psalm is quoted as a description of all people in Romans 3. It says, no one seeks after God, not one. No one understands. They all have gone astray. Their throat is an open grave. So this is a universal description. This is what we naturally are. When you got saved, God gave you a new heart. God gave you a new spirit, but your flesh is still there. Your sin is still there. And so one of the things that you're looking at is, this is what describes people, but also this is what describes me. 
a whole lot of me is still in this category. So God, lead me in your righteousness. One of the things that you're supposed to be praying about is not just that God would save you, but that God would be helping you to be a more righteous individual. That's one of the things you're supposed to want. And if you want that, guess who can give it to you? <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're supposed to be praying for that. You're saying, God, I look at all this sinfulness around me. I look at all these sinful people around me. Help me not to be like that, even though a lot of me wants to be like that. I've still got my flesh. I've still got the old man and my body is still at war with itself as I do the things that I hate and as I don't do the things I want to do. So we are supposed to be praying for God to help us grow. Huge. This is like the core of this psalm, basically. So praying this psalm Maybe you're looking at injustice in the world. You're looking at broken situations in this world. Maybe in this country, maybe in other countries, maybe in our governments, maybe in other governments. There's all kinds of brokenness happening in the world. I was just at the Walk for Life on Saturday. I mean, think about people murdering their own kids. That's something that you might want to pray about. You might want to pray about, you know, sweatshops and underdeveloped countries. You might want to talk about dictators that don't take care of their people. You might want to talk or pray about any number of things happening in the world that God would set them right. But then also look at the brokenness in the world and recognize that the brokenness isn't just in the world. That brokenness is in you too. So don't just pray that God would solve the problems and fix the things that are happening over there. Pray that God would solve the problems and fix the things that are happening right here, right in us. Pray that God would make you more holy. So let's take a few minutes and pray for that. And then we'll come back. We'll pray the last one pretty quick. So we'll do four minutes for that one because we're running low on time. All right, let's come on back. Talk through this last, last section. And we'll finish it up. Which related to the previous section, I was just thinking something came to mind. In the book of Ezekiel, I believe it's the book of Ezekiel, God's looking at Israel. And Israel is this wicked, sinful nation. And God's on his way to judge Israel. And he's talking about the wickedness of Israel. And then as he's like basically walking towards Israel with a sword, he stops and he says, is there no righteous person in Israel standing between me and this nation? Is there no one who's going to offer an intercessory prayer? Is there no one who's going to ask me to have mercy on them? And even as God is walking towards a nation to judge it, God's got compassion. Ezekiel says that God does not delight in the death of the wicked, but wishes for all to come to repentance. And so when God's looking at an evil, wicked nation like America, one of the things he actively wants is he wants the people who do have a right relationship with God to be praying, God, please show them mercy. Like think about the story of the golden calf where Moses is talking to God and God says, go back down to that nation. They've started worshiping idols. Let my anger burn and I'm going to wipe them out and I'll make you a great nation. And then Moses says, God, please don't do this, lest people say that you brought the people out of Egypt only to slaughter them in the wilderness, and then God relents. Did you know that that's something God wants us to be doing too? That as we look at wicked nations and wicked people, that we are praying for God to have mercy on them? That when God comes to the United States with a sword in his hand, he sees an army of his own followers saying, God, please have mercy on them? That that's something he actively wants? Something to think about. Anyways, last section. Verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing ever for joy. 
and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. And one of the things that you might think about with that, it's like, well, okay, who takes refuge in God? Sinners. If you are a person taking refuge in God, by definition, you are a sinner. Because that's who needs God's help. That's who needs God's help? Yeah. Because everyone's a sinner, right? So blessed are all who take refuge in you, including the people in this previous group. May they bear their guilt, O God. But blessed are all who take refuge in you. Some of the people that he's saying, may they bear, bear their words, bear their guilt. Maybe in this section he's praying, God, have some of them take refuge in you. Those evil political leaders, those dictators, those people doing all sorts of nasty things, have them repent. Bring them to yourself. Bring an end to their evil deeds by saving them. And spread your protection over them. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. Cover him with favor as with a shield. Maybe you're looking at this and you're saying, man, I want to be someone that God blesses. I want to be someone that God covers with favor as a shield. I want to be one of those people. I want to be someone with God on their side. Doesn't that feed into the previous thing? Lead me in your righteousness, O God. And so you can be reading this section and thinking, well, I'm not just going to quote that into the world, into like the room, not thinking about what it says, but what does it mean in my own circumstance to pray what David was praying here? So for the last, you know, we'll do four minutes. Pray for this. Pray for other people that are taking refuge in God. Pray for the spiritual growth of other people who are Christians. And then pray for your own spiritual growth and pray that God would help you to be someone that he covers with favor as with a shield. Pray for God's blessing in your life and pray that he would bring that through your righteousness. God can say yes. <laughs> so I'll pray for four minutes and then we'll come back and finish it out. All right, let's bring it back. By the way, I'm really hoping that those five little, those like five minute snippets are feeling short. They should be. <laughs> so with that, guys, Psalm 5 is an example. In the same way that the Lord's Prayer is an example, and it's a template that we can use to guide our prayer, Psalm 5 is the same way. It's another place where you can look at a specific example of someone praying rightly, and then imitate it to an extent, to help that inform your own prayer life. If you want to learn how to pray, the book of Psalms is like legit, probably the best resource for you to read. There's a lot of important stuff in there that you might not have thought of. So maybe sometime during the week, I've left these prompts for you. You've got the entire Psalm on this piece of paper. Maybe some more, you know, another time during the week, you'll pray through this again. Maybe spend a bit more than five minutes per section, right? But genuinely, I cannot emphasize enough. There are so many things that you need to learn about prayer that I cannot teach you. That even if I could explain it, it wouldn't actually hit home. It wouldn't make sense to you because you'd have no basis for it. You wouldn't have any experience that goes along with it. There are so many things that God's going to need to show you as you pray. And like, just go home, pray, learn how to pray, make it a priority. You're not going to learn how to be a Christian by hearing lessons on Sunday and on Wednesdays. These are supposed to be helpful. I'm not saying they're not valuable. They're extremely valuable. But it has to be a supplement to the spirituality that already exists in your own life. Right? 
but I'm trying to help you. This is extremely helpful. The book of Psalms was really helpful to me. Having some structured prayer prompts, things that could guide me, things that I could use as templates, super helpful to me. So I want to give you guys the same resource. Hopefully this is helpful as you go about your own prayer stuff and as you grow. That's what I'm hoping at least. But let's bow our heads, pray it out, and then we got some time. <sighs> Lord, thank you that you give us examples of good prayer. Thank you that we have an entire book of prayers that are all written by people inspired by your Holy Spirit so we don't have to wonder if they should have been praying for that or not. And that even in the situations where it's hard to understand how someone could pray something like that, we know that that was guided by your own Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn how to pray. I pray that you would help us not to just say words into an empty room, not to just say prayers, but Lord, that you would help us to pray to you that this would be something that we do out of a relationship with you instead of an instruction or some rule or some sacrament that we fulfill. Lord, you've saved us into a relationship with you, and I pray that we would pursue that. Help us to actually talk to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do these things, to do them well, that you would help us to see the value of these things, and that you would help us to work them into our own lives and not just into our Sundays and Wednesdays. And Lord, I pray these things in the name of our King, Jesus Christ. Amen.